Today we're having a conversation about one small change you can make that will make a mighty impact, a dramatic impact. And if you've been hanging around me for a while and you guess that I'm going to say paint, okay, you might be right, but we're not actually talking about paint today. (laughs) We're talking about something else. And I want you to make sure that you're not missing this opportunity to make a dramatic statement, to tell your family's story with this one simple little change, this one simple little move. You can infuse personality by doing this one thing. Are you curious yet? All right, you're going to want to listen and you're going to want to share. Not only that, but you're going to want to know what my other tips are. My other dramatic (laughs) tips that don't cost a lot, but that make a mighty difference. And you can find that at bit.ly forward slash the number five home secrets. All right, let's hop to it. We grew up with the phrase, home is where the heart is. But our culture has shifted and now the message is, home should be Pinterest perfect. I'm calling BS on that message. Home, it's not about the stuff, it's about the story. And whether you know it or not, your home is a reflection of you and is already saying something. So what is it that you want it to say? Hey, I'm Danny, a former first grade teacher turned home decorator. Going from a dual income to a single income so I could stay home with my babies meant budget. Like ramen eating, goodwill shopping budget and I learned a few things along the way, like how to bring big style to your home without breaking the bank. And I'm sharing it all with you. Tips, tricks, decor, and design advice so you can learn to tell your story with your style, where you can start living free from the Pinterest perfect trap and start living a life of intention. Welcome to Fig and Farm at Home, where we design happy living and where it doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Years ago, at the beginning of my decorating journey, when I started taking on clients and really making impact and change in their homes, I I formed a partnership with a local realtor who needed a little bit of help getting um, his home staged. He wanted to offer that as a service, a package for his clients so that they could sell their homes. And I gladly obliged. It gave me experience. It was a wonderful opportunity to practice these growing skills, but it was also really tricky. So imagine this, imagine you wanting to sell your home. You're highly motivated because you want a new home and someone shows up on your door, you know, they're coming, but they come in and they have to gingerly tell you all the ways that your home is not cutting the mustard, not cutting the snuff. basically saying we need to change this, 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 and that too, in order to get your home ready to sell. It was a very awkward position for me to be in. When I'm working with home decorating clients, they usually ask me to help. But in this case, it wasn't. In this case, I was assigned a job and I went in and sometimes I had clients that were very willing. And if I said paint boy, did they paint. But some of them actually put up their bristles and felt like it was a personal attack on my end about their home. And never in a million years would I want anyone, whether it is a home staging or a home decorating, to think that A, I am judging their home and B, I am valuing them less because of the choices that they've made. These are all choices. They've all spent time and effort and money to make this space 
a wonderful retreat for their families. So never, never in a million years would I place that judgment and that value on someone else's home and life. But it was awkward nonetheless. And in that time, I learned really quickly because I had several home staging clients. I learned very quickly that if I made these five changes, I would be able to make mighty impact. And the budget to pay me was very minimal. The budget to get supplies was even more minimal. In fact, I used a lot of my own things and would have to come home and destage and wash and put away and all of that. So you can imagine that I'm not bringing in big pieces of furniture. I'm not bringing in large things, though I am bringing a van full at the time. And they were mostly things I had for the shop that were on rotation in my storage, things that I was done with in my own home. It it was very humble, but it did the trick. It did the trick. All of these homes that I staged sold for above asking within days of listing. So I was onto something. Are you wanting to know what those things were that I did? Almost every single home, I added these things. And if I could grab a paintbrush, I did. But I didn't have to, actually. It was more than just moving the furniture. The furniture was was moved. It was about implementing these few things. And we're going to talk about one of them today. And it's something that is on my list of the top five things that you could do literally this weekend to make change, to make headway in your home. If you walk into your space and you feel a little meh, if you feel a little uninspired, if you feel a little like, I could use a change, this is a change that can be made this weekend. It'll give you just a little bit um, of a blank canvas before you make decisions moving forward, and it will be helpful. Do you want to know what it is? I bet you do. But before I tell you, I want to back up and mention this. Now, in home design, there are lots of people you can follow online, on Pinterest, on Instagram, on wherever you go, and there are going to be rules that they follow. There's going to be things that are set in stone, like the sizing of rugs or the sizing of artwork or where artwork should be placed or how high the chandelier should be hung or how high the curtain should be hung. And everyone, if they have a designer initial behind their name, is going to have their own opinion about it. And sometimes those opinions are going to be agreed upon by designers. But then there are some who say things like, design doesn't have to be perfect to be beautiful. Design ultimately is in the eye of the beholder. And here are the relative guidelines to follow. But if you want to break that guideline to make it meet your need, perfect, go for it. And I land in that camp. So I generally say, here's a guideline. This is what will make it look most cohesive, most refined, most fill in the positive adjective. But then we can modify based on your needs, based on your budget, based on your desire, based on not needing it to be perfect, but you want it to be a functional, beautiful representation of your family story for your family. That's the goal. The goal is not perfection. The goal is not to necessarily have our home in HGTMA magazine. That is not the goal. The goal is to have a home you love coming home to. Okay. With that in mind, I, yes, for sure, follow guidelines, but there is one rule I have. And this is a rule I wish I could 
reach out to the furniture companies and make sure that they are following that rule. <laughs> Honestly, I am a rule follower by nature, but um, so it, it has taken a lot of practice to become a guideline follower rather than rule follower in home design. But when you know at the back of your mind that what your motivation is, when you know that you want change that will ultimately affect your entire family and not just you, and when you know that it doesn't have to be perfect, you can breathe a sigh of relief. But this one rule, this one rule is definitely one that I follow. The number one rule I think that should be followed in home design, when you buy a couch from whatever couch store you go to, Ashley Furniture, Moe's Furniture, I don't know, whatever a furniture, wherever you get your couch, I want you to ditch the pillows that come with the couch. I have very few times seen pillows that complement the couch in a way that actually make them a valuable piece of real estate in your living room. Most often, those pillows have a fabric that resembles, um, oh, there's no delicate way to say this, they resemble uh, hotel rooms. They resemble generic, um, there's, there's a, a style of furniture that you might see in hotel rooms, in hotel lobbies, in doctor offices, um, and they're really durable. I mean, these, these fabrics are, are made to be incredibly durable. And I believe that is probably why they are used for these couch pillows. But I also think the designers of the couches are appealing to the general population. They're putting the, the general population into a box. And when we are placed in a box, no, no, nothing good comes from that. When we are placed in a box, it stuffs personality. It eliminates the idea that you can have the freedom to be unique, to be set apart and stand out from someone else. And of course, we can think about that same idea in terms of who you are as a person, that you are more than just a mom, you are more than just a wife, you are more than just a whatever your box looks like. You are more than that. You are beautiful. You are wonderfully made. You are a light. But when your personality comes out, it can reflect a little bit more nuanced of who you are. And we can see that on a person scale, but can we apply that same idea to the pillows on our couch? There is, going back to that general style of, you know, the couch pillow, it does appeal to the general masses. It appeals to the idea that pillows that come with the couch, they generally match. They, they are not contrasting. They complement the couch. They have the same texture. And, and that's it. And that's fine, but when we start removing those pillows, we can infuse our own personality onto the couch. And when we infuse our personality on the couch, our personality is being infused in the living room in which the couch is placed. It's a really wonderful opportunity for telling your story. And I think it's a missed opportunity because the reality is those are our free pillows and they are good pillows and they are fine. They are fine. 
But this is an opportunity for telling your story, for letting the people that come into your home, letting your family members, letting whoever is in that room see your personality on your couch. There it is on display. If you need more convincing, let me give you three reasons why it might be a good idea to ditch the pillows on the couch and replace them with something a little bit different, a little bit more nuanced in style and personality. The first reason is one we've already covered. The, the pillows that come with the couch are appealing to the general masses, and you, my dear, have more personality than that. So bringing in your personality, infusing that into your space is the number one reason why I think you should. But aside from that, I want you to think about the second reason why I think it's really important to, if not ditching that pillow and replacing it entirely, adding some others. And this is because, generally speaking, the same couch, um, the pillows that come with a couch have the same texture. And when you can vary the texture in anything in your room, but here we have the couch and the pillows, the blankets, all of those things. When you can vary that texture, you create layers and depth and richness and fullness, and it creates a little bit more completion. It's just a little bit extra and it's very subtle, but that little bit extra, even in the variation of texture, can make your space feel just a little bit more nuanced, a little bit more refined, a little bit more thought through and intentional, and that's a good thing. The third reason why I think you should ditch your, your couch pillow is because it provides an opportunity for, of course, personality. We've already established that, but it provides opportunity for bringing in colors that need a place for repetition to happen. We talk in depth about color formula in your home and in your home story and the way that you bring color through the foundation of your walls and the, um, the colors as accents. Your pillows are an opportunity for you to have those accented colors make a stand, make a statement, have a place. It's an opportunity for you to repeat colors that might be on your area rug, in your curtains, in your artwork, so that your place, your home, your room can feel a little bit more cohesive. So three reasons other than you are just not a general population and you have more personality than the general couch pillow um, because it infuses personality, it brings in texture, and it's an opportunity for providing repetition. Now, let's talk a little bit about what happens if you just have a really hard time because those pillows are free. Awesome. Here's a great opportunity for you. One thing that you can think about is just removing the cover. And a lot of times those covers, those couch covers, have a zipper. And if not, there is a pillow form underneath it. So if you um, used a seam ripper and took off the pillow cover, got rid of it, donated it, kept it nicely and intact, and gave it to Goodwill so that someone else, you can bless someone else with that. Um, chances are, in fact, I guarantee you, someone is going to love the brand new cover that you just donated. Okay, so now you're working with a pillow form. And if you are a seamstress, fantastic, easy solution. You can make yourself a pillow. 
but maybe you're not. There are pillow covers that you can order. There are a lot of pillow covers actually from big box stores, from little um, boutiques, from places like Etsy, from places like Hobby Lobby. There are places where you can get the pillow covers. And even though those might be landing in the aisles of a box store like Hobby Lobby, they still have a little bit more personality, a little bit more texture, a little bit more opportunity to tell your story than they would from a generic couch pillow. So get a new cover, put it on, and it's an easy investment that way. Have I convinced you yet? (laughs) All right, we're going to move on just a little bit because if I have convinced you, if yes, absolutely, I'm ready to make this choice. I'm ready to ditch the couch pillow, and now I'm ready to infuse personality onto my couch. But now what? I don't know which ones to choose. I don't know. Can I mix patterns? Can I? How do I choose? And how do I make it not look so random? I do have a couch pillow formula that will help you with that. But before we get there, maybe we need to talk about how many pillows are too many pillows. How many pillows should you have? Again, this is a generalized rule. And most of us will land somewhere on this continuum of either being a minimalist to being a maximalist. And I would venture to guess that most of us land safely somewhere in the middle. So that's who I'm speaking to. Now, there are different sizes of couches. So if we said a generic number, 10 pillows would be the number, for example, that would be a ridiculous amount to have on a love seat. So we're going to be thinking in odd numbers and in scale and in proportion to the size of your couch. So for a love seat, generally speaking, you can think about three pillows. For a traditional standard couch, which is somewhere between 80 and 92 inches, you can be thinking about five pillows. And then we have the longer couches, the over 100 inches or the sectionals, and those can be about seven. But think about odd numbers when you're thinking about that. And I do want you now to be thinking about this formula. It is a rule of thumb. It is a guideline to get you started. And of course, there are opportunities for playing and expanding. But this allows, if you're ever wondering how you can mix patterns, how you can change out some of your pillows seasonally without breaking the bank, using this formula will be able to help with that. And I'm just going to interrupt right now and say, pardon the extra noises in the room right now, because I have a partner in crime. He joins me every day in my office and he is sleeping. And as he is sleeping, he is dreaming. He's chasing something. (laughs) So he keeps kicking the desk. So that is the noise you are hearing in the background. Okay. The pillow formula that I want you to think about that allows easy change without overspending is to start with anchor pillows. So let's use the traditional size couch we're going somewhere in the 80 inch couch. So we're gonna go with five pillows. If you have five pillows, two of those pillows could be and should be anchor pillows. These are the pillows that stay season in and season out. They are the ones that you might change in three years, but they're kind of the ones that hang out for a while. These are generally ones that are solid in nature but they are textural as well. So for example, on my couch, my anchor pillows are 
cream. They are, sometimes in the past they have been the exact same pillow. These ones are similar enough. They are the same size. They are the same knit. They are the same brand, but the knit pattern is just a little bit different. They each have tassels on them. But I have had anchor pillows in the past that have been solid gray velvet, and those were my anchor. The idea here is that you want them to be the same. This is an opportunity for you to solidify your couch pillow design. So having something that brings the design, ties it all back together is the idea behind the anchor pillow. So on my couch, you have two large uh, cream color textural pillows and they both have tassels on it. And then here's where we get to start playing. I have three pillows left. Now this is an opportunity for pattern mixing, but it's really critical that no matter what you bring in here, that they still connect with the anchor. So for example, my base on my anchor is cream. So I want to make sure that there is cream somewhere in the other three pillows. Cream can be a significant portion of those other pillows, or it can be an accent. So let's take, for example, this combination. We know what my anchors are. They are the cream textural tasseled pillows. I might combine those two anchors with two pillows that are red and cream flannel. And on that red and cream flannel, maybe we have some taupe or some light gray. So now we're bringing in red and we're bringing in that taupe, but the cream is connecting it to the anchor and the red is connecting it with whatever is happening in the room. So it's the, the, um, right now at the time of recording, it is Christmas time. So I know I have red decorations in the room. It is repeating itself in a way that makes sense. And then I have that third pillow and that third pillow can be another pattern or it could be something kind of fun and it has um, maybe the word Mary on it. It's red and it has Mary written in cream, something like that. But you can see how each of those elements, if I were to take a picture of that, you would see cream anchor, red and cream pattern, and then red with a word on it. It's also a time for pattern play if you wanted to have another one. Quick rule of thumb on pattern play. When you are doing patterns, if you have one pattern that acts like a neutral, something with a large geometric print, that will act like a neutral, making sure that it has common elements between them, like the creams that are going to tie and connect them together. That's going to help you make a pattern make sense when you start mixing stripes and florals or polka dots and um, checks. If you have that common element, but if you have a, um, a large geometric print, it will act like a neutral. Two of my favorites are stripes and polka dots. Those go well, really well, and they are a really great introduction to pattern play. Okay, so back to my option of five pillows and my formula. Two anchors, two extras, and this is a, a very safe formula um, where I am assuming symmetry is a good thing. I have two anchors that are the same. I have the next two pillows that tie into the anchors with the repetition of color, but they also bring a new color into action. And then that third one, and that third one, as long as it ties in color-wise, it's going to be just fine. Now that's when I want to have color added, but 
I want you to think about these things. Your room can be read very easily and it can be read by the things that you have in your room. What I mean by reading your room is sometimes your room can read or feel cozy. It can read or feel playful. It can read or feel calming. It can read or feel warm. It can, it can read or feel a certain way. So you can see how I was using that word interchangeably. When you read your room, how does it feel? That's a good way to keep in mind. So if I want my room to feel cozy, calming, if I want it to feel cohesive, and I, I kind of want to use that word loosely actually because cohesive can be even in the other category, but if I want it to feel cozy and calming, if I want it to feel bright and airy, I might choose and gravitate towards tonal pillows. I still have my five, I still have my anchors, but I have tonal. And tonal means it is similar colors and shades. And the thing that is really setting those apart are the textures. So if I had tonal pillows and I have my five, I might have my still same two anchors, those creamy textured tassel pillows. And then I might have a um, another pillow that is faux fur and it's a creamy, but it might not be the same cream, but it's kind of a similar cream. If you think about 50 shades of white, this is what I mean by tonal. It might be white. It might fall into that category of white, or it might fall into that category of cream or taupe or purple or blue or fill in the color. If it falls into that category of that color, and you keep the other pillows within that same category, not necessarily the same hue, that is tonal. This can read a little bit more sophisticated. It can read a little bit more timeless. It can read a little bit more um, stately. It can read a little bit more traditional. It can also just read cozy. It can also just read calming. It can also read cohesive. It can read so many different things. So what is it that you want it to say? Now, on the flip side, you can have your room and your home feel playful. It can read playful, energetic, fun. And if you are wanting to have that as your reading feeling word, you might still start with those same anchor pillows, but now you're bringing in bright, bold colors and you're making sure that whatever pillows you do bring in, whatever colors you do bring in, they're doing two things. One is repeating an element within the room. So it's not an outlier. And two is that they're repeating the same, um, somewhere on that pillow, the same, um, color as your anchor pillow. So that cream is going to be somewhere on that playful, fun, bright, bold, colorful pattern. And that's a critical piece of the puzzle when you're doing your pillow formula. In the show notes, I'm going to link to a blog post that I wrote that gives visual descriptors for each of these. So you can see the couch pillow formula in action with anchors, with pattern play, and it'll give a visual to what I'm describing here. And as you're going about picking out your pillows, I do want to point out a few more things. These three things are going to help your pillow choices feel a little bit more elevated, a little bit more put together, a little bit more intentional, a little bit more thought through. And they're important to note. One is I can't stress enough how important texture is. Varying the texture of your pillows is going to create an opportunity of depth and warmth and layers, and it's going to make your design feel 
a little bit more put together, a little bit more thought through, a little bit more intentional. And that's a good thing. The other thing I want to say is that pay attention to the type of pillow you have, the type of insert you have. Is your insert flat? A flat pillow is going to make your room feel flat. A more plump pillow is going to make your room feel a little bit more luxurious, a little bit more plush, pun intended, I guess. It's going to make it feel a little bit more put together. And the last thing I want you to think about is that if you are doing tonal, solid colors are fine, but solid colors tend to mute and downplay the design. So if you are doing tonal and your tonal is cream, that's okay. It's, and this is where if you choose to have solid colors, that's fine. And texture matters so much because if you had all flat satin cream colored pillows, even though you're doing a tonal design, it's going to look a little bit flat. It's going to look like something is missing. Add texture and you've got yourself a winning combination. Now imagine that in taupes or greens or teals or whatever, and it's going to make that design that you're thinking is tonal, it's going to make it fall flat. So make sure you add texture. All right, you guys, if you would like any help with your pillows, your couch pillow formula, if you want to just send me a picture and say, hey, does this work? What do you think about that? I encourage it. I absolutely encourage it. Let's continue this conversation over on my Facebook group. You can join me there at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group, where we're always having a conversation about something. (laughs) And really quick before I go, I did want to mention that if you missed the opportunity this fall to join me and a small group of women who walked 10 weeks through the design process from planning to completion. If you missed that and you wanted to have a chance, now's the time. I want you to send me an email at bigandfarm at gmail.com and get on the wait list for the spring edition. It's 10 weeks. I am going to put a link in the show notes, give you an idea of what it is we're going to be talking about each week, what the process is like, and all the details. You are not going to want to miss that 10 weeks this spring. All right, ladies, until next time, I hope you're well, and I'll see you soon. Hey, real quick before you go, if you learned something new or found value in today's podcast, would you head over to iTunes to Fig and Farm at Home and leave a review and subscribe to the show? That would be awesome. And if you'd like to connect with my community of mamas who are learning to be intentional storytellers within their own homes, join us at bit.ly forward slash design 101 group. There's always more room at the table. See you soon.